Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you're making it good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Yes, I do know that the Lady Tigers are tipping off against uh, Texas Southern. However, we got a show to do. I know Brian Kelly is doing at this exact current moment. Brian Kelly is doing his radio show. But we have Carter Bryan here on Mondays. We got to get to Carter Bryan here. We also got Brian Kelly. What did he talk about today in his press conference? We got some Georgia State recap. We have some Texas A&M preview. We got Carter Bryan at 730. So a lot that we need to get into here. <laughs> uh, what sucks? Let's see. Bayou Bengal 84 says... Uh, which sucks. What sucks? And what sucks? Uh, Richie Evans says, let's go. JD5 equals Heisman Trophy from the 3-1. Great. Good to have you in here, uh, Richie. Uh, Dane Bergeron says, good evening, Blake. I will be passing through your area tomorrow. Okay, man. I I hear that. No better place than the 985. Oh, the 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It doesn't bother me as bad, man. It doesn't bother me as bad as it does some of y'all. I I, I just got to be real. Um, Mainly just due to the fact that, um, quite quite frankly, it just, you know, if BK can be around some recruits, Jane Daniels is going to be going on, uh, uh, LSU and A&M is going to be going on during Ohio State and Michigan. So a lot of those people that will be watching that game will also see Jane Daniels so, yeah, I, I do think that it could be uh, a good time slot. Uh, Blaine Smith says, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Um, it's a good question. Cornbread dressing is always good. Uh, there's this thing that my mom makes called pineapple and cheese that's really good. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I'm not really picky. You know, I, I do like a good fried, okay, um, turkey. Megan's family always does gumbo. I, I love gumbo. So, yeah, I, cornbread dressing, though, it's, it's where it's at, man. It, it's where it's at. Uh, my dad's side of the family a long, long time ago used to do deer sausage and Italian sausage. Which I, I loved. I love. Dane Bergeron says oyster dressing. Yeah, what is y'all's favorite Thanksgiving meal? Andrea LeBlanc with a very good pull here. She says banana pudding. Yeah, banana pudding, you can't beat it. You cannot beat it, man. You cannot beat it. Tyler Washington says, I need dressing every Thanksgiving. I kind of do too, man. I got I kind of do too. 
Can't go wrong with a good dressing. I know if anybody in this chat says green bean casserole, I, I swear to God. Don't you don't be don't be that white tonight. Live a little bit. We got green bean casserole. <laughs> that fried turkey green bean casserole yams. I, I love sweet potatoes, man. I am a sweet potato king. This man's saying green bean casserole. I don't think so. Here's the truth. Green bean casserole gets a very bad rap. A a very, very bad rap. I don't think it's bad either. But, man, I got to tell you, I'm pick, uh, you know, look, uh, uh, Paul's massive. Paul's here. I love, like, turkey. I love all the, like, sausage. My, you know, my brother's coming over this Wednesday, which, by, way, by the way, we will not be doing a show at 7 on Wednesday. Uh, we're, uh, I'm going to try to do a, a show in there as well. But, nevertheless, nevertheless, okay, um... I'm sure we're going to do one. I think I think 8 a.m. on Wednesday is when we're going to do it. So we'll see. Um, we're doing some burgers and chicken. Going to smoke them. Uh, LGZ says, Mama's green bean casserole never fails. Best there is. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's just not my favorite. Andrew LeBlanc says, Down the Bayou family do gumbo and, and, and sauce pecan. Uh, sauce pecan. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Chicken and dumplings. I've never had chicken and dumplings since Jamie Wittenberg. I've never had chicken and dumplings on Thanksgiving ever. One of my buddies says he's going to, uh, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Can't do it. Cause Craig says we done a Cajun crab ball and fried Turkey. It was the best. I bet you that was good, man. I bet you that was good, but I know my, I know my plate going to be full so i'm gonna be caving in in the middle you know what i mean all right so the lady tigers are tied with georgia southern seven to seven uh as they are currently playing we'll keep an eye on that one throughout the show but we got a lot to talk about some georgia state recap bk's press conference he mentions his, he mentions where whit weeks has been over the last couple of weeks talks about jane daniels and other things so i'm not saying he took a shot at marvin harrison he didn't but he made his case for not just Jaden Daniels for the Heisman, but Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. Gonna, I mean, I'll just reference a lot of what BK said, but we got a lot of Georgia State and A&M stuff that we need uh, to talk about here. Where are you listening from tonight? So this is what I want you to do. What city are you in? What town are you in? What area code are you in? Or when, or when you do that, put in what's your favorite Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving meal? What is your best Thanksgiving meal? Put it inside the chat. We'll get to as many of them as we can. David says, eat that turkey and drink the Blanton's bourbon. Yeah, I will be. Uh, actually, Wednesday, I'm going to. I posted a picture. Not know, I don't know if a lot of y'all saw it. I posted a picture, though. We were at our good friends, Steve Beans, over at Bayou Bowl to go. God, had a, 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 a shrimp po' boy. Had a couple, tried a couple of their daiquiris. Fan freaking tastic, dude. So if you're over there in the, in the North Shore, the Covington area, Y'all need to go get one of them po' boys, get some crawfish, get some boudin, get whatever you need, okay, some crab, get some of those daiquiris. Fantastic, dude. Y'all need to go over to Bayou Bull and go and buy you daiquiris. All right. Let's get to it. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell wherever you listen to podcasts rate review and subscribe let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag our good friend tyler alexander over at exp realty don't go anywhere we're back next betonline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines find reviews for all the news for each league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports college sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero 
to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. We're back. Cram says, I'm a ham, cornbread dressing, and cranberry sauce type of guy. I don't blame you there. Ryan says, from the frog capital of the world, the 337, my favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving is shrimp cornbread dressing and cabbage rolls. Yeah, man, you got to get some good rolls in there too, man. Got to get some good rolls in there. And I'll tell you. It's always kind of a tradition. You know, my wife, or we've made it a little bit of a tradition at our home. My wife sometimes will actually go shopping after Thanksgiving. Um, but, man, I tell you, I get some leftovers again. Get some of that sausage. Um, get some of that gumbo. Get a lot of that turkey if they have some left, that fried turkey. And I tell you, I come home. I sit on my recliner. I watch the rest of football. It is the most magical time of the year. It is fall when we have football on the tube. But LSU had football on the tube this set, this past Saturday against Georgia State. So, look, we went back and watched the film. A lot of great things that you can take out of that. I will reiterate what I said in the postgame show. If you haven't watched it, go watch it after this if you have some time. I don't like starting off things in a negative light. And mainly, maybe I shouldn't. Because you blanked Georgia State after you gave up 14 points. And I get that. You look good defensively in the second half. I can't argue with anybody on that. Should have probably given up 21. Your true freshman corner and JV and Taviano got beat. And man-to-man bump and run coverage. He, The receiver for Georgia State lost in the lights. Incomplete pass. Fourth down. It was what it was. But the number one thing, and it's if you follow us on social media, specifically Twitter, there has been a lot to be made about Jane Daniels, especially from Oregon fans and Pac-12 fans about who they believe should win the Heisman. Offensively, you continue to be the best offense that I've ever seen. Uh, this season, I should say. Not ever seen. Because I still think 2019 rivals it, if not overtakes it. But the bottom line for me is Jane Daniels in this offense is the best in the country. What he has done this season is un- literally unmatched. You see all the statistics. You see all that is being talked about, right? You see the stats of him having almost 900 more rushing yards than Bo Nix. You see that he has more passing yards and passing touchdowns than Bo Nix. You see it all, and I know that you do. But what he's done with his legs along with being one of, if not the most effective passer in all of college football, is what separates him. It 1,000% separates Jane Daniels from the pack. You saw it on Saturday night. Everything that Jane Daniels has done within the last two weeks is why he's a first-round pick. It's why he's going to be a franchise guy for somebody down the line. Because as soon as you think that you got him bottled up and you're going to get pressure on him and you send pressure on him via blitz, he's going to burn you through the air and with his arm. If you sit back in coverage, he's going to beat you with his legs. There's not a lot that Jane Daniels can't overcome. And Georgia State found that out really quickly. Eight drives, eight touchdowns. He was on a roll. He had all eight touchdowns. Now, a lot of people said that he was stat padding. It's fine. The man came out in pregame and said, I'm about to break Joe Burrow's record and have nine total touchdowns. Well, he tied it. Okay? If Joe Burrow would have done the same exact thing in 2019 and he would have said, I'm going to have nine touchdowns against anybody, like, oh, man, Joe Burrow's speaking gospel. He came out and he did it. 
Jaden wants this. He's led your team against games that you should not have lost. Guys, the truth is you should be 9-2 and two right now. You should be where Ole Miss is because that offense scored you 49 points. You don't want to hear about that. You're like, oh, man, why do we got to hear about this? And you're right. You shouldn't have to. This weekend, however, in my opinion, is the toughest defense that they will see all year or have seen all year, specifically in the front seven. Edron Cooper is the best linebacker in the SEC, has 75 tackles and seven sacks. He leads the team with seven sacks. Their defensive line, they don't need us in pressure because they can get home with four. Whether it be Walter Nolan, whether it be Diggs, whether it be Shamar Turner, whether it be McKinley Jackson. Guys, McKinley Jackson has five and a half sacks from the interior. Shamar Turner has six sacks. Nolan and Diggs both have four sacks. And Edron Cooper's a guy that plays in the middle. With all of that being said, with all of that being said, they have not faced an offense like you either. And I think that this is a very big-time test and a very good test for you as a team. Now, you have a stumbling and crumbling Texas A&M team that is seven and four coming into this. They've lost some against some really good teams. They lost to Tennessee, who I think is a good team. Now, maybe not as good as we all, or maybe not as good as some people think, but they're not a bad team. They're an above-average team. They face Alabama, which you know who Alabama is at this point. They face Miami, who really, truthfully, that Miami loss is arguably the worst loss that they've had all year. But it didn't stop what that defensive line did. It didn't stop what that defense did. Now, their secondary is very suspect, highly suspect to say the very least, as Haley Van Lith goes in for a layup and scores and one. I'm watching the game, too. The bottom line for me is, is that A&M, you, can, you, could have, you can make the argument that they're not a good team, and I'm right here with you. I don't think that they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I, don't, I think they're about, a, about average to below average. This defense is amazing. And you don't need to – you can't get that – looking at them and, and saying that they're a bad team, you cannot look at them and say, you know what? I can write this game off a little bit because of the simple nature that they're, we've seen what we've seen. Defensively, they're really good. And if you don't come out firing on all cylinders, that defense will get after your ass. They will. You cannot take them lightly. If there's, I know that Jimbo has not been a good coach, but one thing that Jimbo did very well he recruited that Dean line really well. They spent a lot of money on that defensive line, and it's showing. It 1,000% is showing. I look at them and say to myself, they're a top 25 scoring defense, a top 25 scoring offense. Defensively, they've been top 15 all year in rush defense. Jane Daniels is going to – have a great game in my opinion because he's going to have to have a great game for you to win and I think you're going to win and you're going to go nine and three finish the regular season a nine win team going into a bowl game trying to get to 10 wins and in Brian Kelly's tenure he's had back-to-back 10 win seasons don't think that that's bad I think that this is the biggest test for the offensive line we talk about you know we have seen people compare what offense is better T- holistically, 2019 LSU or 2023 LSU. Well, the offensive line has a chance to show, like, hey, man, we were better than now than we were, were in 19 because they're facing a team who's second in the country in sacks. You have four, potentially five total, but you have four defensive linemen that will, by all intents and purposes, get drafted in the top two rounds, McKinley Jackson's had, having one hell of a year. Shamar Turner is having one hell of a year. Edron Cooper, some people believe because of the massive year that he's having, he's moved his way into a second-round pick lock. But offensively is where they struggle. 
I, I don't know what you want me to say here, right? When I, What do you want me to say about Texas A&M? Texas A&M can be a lot of things on offense. But, guys, they're facing your defense. They're facing you, a team that, quite honestly, is not any good at that in that area. There's nothing that LSU has done over the last month offensively that I look at and say, hey, man, that's good. Now, maybe it can change this week. Maybe you have a guy like Whit Weeks, which a lot of people question where was Whit Weeks, and a lot of people are even questioning Brian Kelly as to is if is this real or not. But Brian Kelly said that Whit Weeks has been out because of a gash that he had on his foot and he got stitches taken out of his foot. Now, I tend to believe him, okay? Maybe the hashtag free 40 was because now he's going to be able to play because he's getting, he's got his stitches out. Kids tweet things all the time, and it can mean a lot of different things. And by the way, Andre Sam, who got hurt against Georgia State, he's going to be available. Look, I think A&M could crumble offensively. I think they could have a bad day. I also could see them coming in here and having a really good day because of how bad you've been on defense. And if this is the last game that Matt House coaches for LSU, good riddance. Good luck, you know, moving forward. But I have no faith in them. And I know that sounds cruel, I know that that sounds like I'm just beating a dead horse, but I would love for anybody, and I mean anybody, to disagree that you could that you would come out here and say that you trust anything that LSU is doing offensively. Hell no. You don't. You know that you don't. But if there was one thing. Right? Like, if there was one thing that you could do, like, if there's just one area that you knew that you could capitalize on, they have not run the football at an effective rate. Now, they could come in here on you and run it all up on your ass. Right? Like, they could come up in the Death Valley at 11 a.m. Maybe LSU comes out a little bit sleepy. They could come in here and run it all on yo ass but they have been a top 90 rush offense all year long i do believe from a statistical and film study analysis that you could make the argument that this might be the worst rush offense from a power five team that you have seen Maybe since Auburn. And Auburn's not that bad, guys. Auburn's a top 20 rushing offense, but they didn't they they're hit and miss. If AM comes up in here on Saturday and runs it all on your ass, that is a death nail into Matt House's coffin as a defensive coordinator at LSU. There's been a lot of them. There's a lot of them that some, there's definitely a lot that some people believe that has already happened. But they're not good offensively. Guys, they're down to the third string quarterback and Jalen Henderson, who, by the way, hasn't looked bad, but he hadn't played anybody. But I don't know if your defense is going to be inspired enough to be able to stop the kid. Jalen Henderson, the lefty, could come in here and have a career day on your ass. Now, he's thrown for 410 yards. He's ran for about 100. Had a couple of scores in both. I know that he faced Abilene Christian. I know that he faced Mississippi State. But I don't know if it matters. I, I really don't. It's kind of like the whole thing that you wash your hands of something or somebody. And the only thing that I am excited about are two things. 
watching this offense at its full capacity as of right now on Saturday because, look, I, I think Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Jaden Daniels all have the potential and probably should not play in a bowl game. That means nothing. Like, right? Like, I mean, come on. And I want to see Jaden Daniels go off. But I'm not expecting anything different from you defensively because it's not coming. Pause. But it's not coming. Double pause. They're not going to change anything. I would be the most shocked human being on the face of the planet if they come out and do something differently. But I, I would not expect it. I would not expect it. You're going to have to – look, I – I think that Jane Daniels in this offense has a good day on Saturday. I, I think they're good. But they're good against a top 10 defense, right? Like, I don't think that they score 40-something points. Right? Like, I, I, I don't know if they get there. I think that this defense, and maybe they do. Maybe they get to the low 40s. Probably shouldn't say that. But I, I just do believe that if, you know, they're not as bad as you think. Now, could they come out here flat? Like, hey, man, this season's pretty much over. We're 7-4. You know, it is what it is. Maybe they're looking into uh, other things, other places. Very, very, very possible. It's very possible. So we'll see. Brian Kelly did give some uh, uh, quick announcements in his post game or his press game or press game. In his day, our weekly launching, he opened up with Jane Daniels being the best player in the country, as he should. Um, and he tends to agree with me. Now, I know that I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. I know that this is the first time that I'm sure Brian Kelly publicly has been able to talk about AM. He talks about their front seven at a lot like what I would or have in the past and have tonight. He also talked about Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas being in consideration for the Heisman, which I thought was cool. And he's not wrong. Like, if, hey, he was like, hey, if Marvin Harrison's going to get recognition, why wouldn't? Uh, my two receivers, and he's not wrong there. Um, Brian Kelly was also asked a question about recruiting and defense, and it was by Scarborough, and he he asked Scarborough asked Brian Kelly about the interior of the defensive line, and he's like, yeah, that's an area that we're going to hit aggressively in recruiting. It's a place that we're going to hit aggressively in the portal. Well, that. That's all that you need to hear. It's all that you needed to hear. Right? The If there's one massive takeaway, yeah, Whit Weeks is big and a massive takeaway due to the, the fact that he had apparently a gash in his foot, had stitches, got the stitches out on Sunday, he's back. It's a big deal. Right? The biggest thing that Brian Kelly said in this press conference was that we are moving highly aggressively on the interior of the defensive line in high school and in the portal. That's all you that's all I needed to hear. Because he can say whatever he wanted to about um how his defense has performed, but he basically told you everything that he's felt and he feels. So It is what it is. All right. Let's get to Carter Bryan. He is in the house. We got a lot to talk about uh, with Carter. He's not going to be at a basketball game tonight. He's not going to be dancing. Let's talk about our good friends, though, over at Avon Inspection Specialist. Mold inspection as best as inspection, expect, inspections. Excuse me. Lead inspections, drone inspections, they do it all. Guys, if you're going to buy a new business, if you're going to buy a new home, you need it inspected. With the 11th month new home warranty inspections, why not call Avid Inspection Specialist? That way, that if there's an issue before you buy and sign on that dotted line, they can make it the realtor's problem and not yours. Call them today at 225-717-5591. 225-717-5591. Go see them at avidspecialist.com. That's avidspecialist.com. LHI 11331. We're back with Carter Bryant right after this.
you by the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vicnair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino with AYS sent you on by. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. Carter, the power, Brian. Everybody does us a favor and hits the like and share. If you're watching this on YouTube, on the clip version too, you're hitting that like and share button right now. Good evening, good sir. How are we doing? Very proud of you, Blake. What did I do? Taking the son to the game Friday night. I did. Um, And then my father, uh, I'm 34. I'm a 34-year-old son. My dad took me to the Pelicans game on, on Friday night. I'll always say this. If anyone never listens to any word I say, if you are a dad, take your children to sporting events. No question. He had such a fun time, dude. Yeah, it's the best father son activity you possibly can have so i was enjoyed seeing you uh being involved in your your your, your kid's life i didn't expect anything different but yeah i'm I not a bad dad happen. man i'm a great dad yeah there you go it's important to do that but what's going on man good to see you you know who else is a good dad jane daniels to rival defenses <laughs> okay because now, he puts to... them he puts them in their space so listen Carter, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I think Georgia State it is what it is. Now, we can talk about the game that he had, but I've, I've seen you talking about it. I know that I've been talking about it. I kind of just want to briefly touch on Georgia State, but I kind of really want to talk about this Texas A&M game yeah. with you. Uh, yeah. th- very quick thoughts on what you saw offensively and defensively from this LSU team against Georgia State. Yeah, so obviously everyone knows that Jaden Daniels killed it. Eight touchdowns, eight possessions. Right. He was sensational. Um, you know, a big discussion today has been Kyron Lacey. Kyron Lacey was sensational. Again, ran the best route of the season on that slant versus inside leverage. And I know number five got burned by everybody, but that was route running expertise. Kyron on in-breakers all season has been really good. For LSU and Blake, the offensive line, which is your favorite position, played lights out. Um, And that's obviously very, very, very good. So offensively, it was great. I think, Blake, these next couple of weeks becomes really big for guys like Chris Hilton and Aaron Anderson, right? Mm -hmm. Which we saw Anderson open a couple times. Just unfortunately, Jaden missed him. Missed him, yeah. So – you know, it, it comes down to this, right? Jaden's few incompletions, you know, he had the one Mr. Malik to start the game. Um, but, you know, there's a drop at Chris Hilton. You're getting elite quarterback play. I want to see production these next couple of weeks from guys that are multiple years into their career, right? So it, it this is what's very key for everyone. This is a big audition period for players, not only in their current stop, but potentially their next stop, right? And that's even more important, Blake, on the defensive side of the football. 
we have a pretty good idea outside of wide receiver who the guys next year on offense are going to be for LSU. There will be a few transfers coming in, but defensively, playing time is wide open on all three levels. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. Once again, like I'm sure you talked about this, the defense was not great versus Georgia State. There were some good things, obviously not giving up any points after uh, giving up 14 uh, to start. Which they should have given up 21, but – Right. It should it should be twenty one, right? We shouldn't live in a world of just in results, right? And they I picked them to score twenty one points. That's what pisses me off more is I should have had that right. <laughs> <laughs> and they and what's funny is they exactly scored fourteen in their previous two games. Mm. But you have to factor in that defense does become easier when your offense is putting up that many points. So it, when they get down and there is a 14-point swing on the next play, Brian Thomas Jr. hits a big shot, your offense is just devastated, right? It limits your playbook and what you can do. So I do give credit for the defense, obviously holding things down the rest of the way after giving up 14 early on. But, Blake, there's still a lot of holes and there's still a lot of guys playing for themselves out there, and it's it kind of gets old seeing it every week. It gets very old, and you know what gets even more old is that they're not doing anything about it. Right. You know, yeah. like, how, Carter, how do you go against Alabama and then Florida having success on you offensively and you're just so stubborn? They're not even running different things, like, schematically. Right. Right? Like, they're not even – and you know what that tells me? That someone who's literally one foot out the door if you're Madhouse. It's all it tells me. And you know what? If it's not – and he does come back for whatever reason, just stay with me, okay? I'm with you. The next time we have him in a press conference, I, you know that I don't go because I think that people get pissed off if you if they don't get the microphone and they ask softball-ass questions. But the bottom line becomes, I'm going to go to that press conference and ask him, why are you not changing things up schematically? Because yeah. it's pissing me off. Now – before we flip to AM, I think the biggest thing that Brian Kelly said all day was Scarborough asked him about the interior of the defensive line. He said, We're aggressively do you know attacking in high school ranks. We're aggressively attack or, or we will aggressively attack uh in the portal. I don't think there's any I think that tells you everything that you need to know about what he thinks of this team defensively. Yeah, and the funny thing about it, Blake, is all three of the main defensive tackles that are playing now had some incredible highlight-worthy plays, right? Jordan Jefferson had some breathtaking plays. Guillory did as well. Mason Smith did as well. Mason Smith finally did, Carter, what I asked him. Okay? I- I'm talking about this when you get off, okay? Yeah. On the right. keys to victory on Thursday, you know what my like number three or four thing was? I called out Mason Smith and said, hit a swim move on somebody. I guarantee you'll have a sack. Like, three days before the game happened. What what happened? He did that. That's his best move, man. Yeah, and here's the issue, Blake. It's partially on the players, okay? Uh, Obviously, Savion Jones has had a brutal year. It's partially on them. But it is also on the scheme. Because for me, when I watch Madhouse, when when I watch Madhouse, is it looks like we're in the middle of two different things. I completely agree. Yeah, and the thing that that really sucks about defensive scheme, right, or just scheme in general on any side of the ball, you you and I know this word gets overused. You need some type of identity, right? LSU plays a a weird mixture of a three-man front, but plays a lot of it with four-man principles, right? And when you have a a player like Harold Perkins, who occasionally is on the line, you know, he has a big pass rush to to force a a fourth down. And then on the next play, you're not rushing him again. It's weird. It's a very weird thing. And these players get mixed signals for for what they want to do, what is the goal of your defense, um, what 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 is your identity, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, some defenses, like the let's say the 2003 LSU defense, they they were going to win and, and let their defensive line make a lot of big plays. And they were going to play man and man coverage on the outside, and there wasn't shit you could do about it. Right. And the Aranda defense is you clog up the middles with three huge defensive tackles and one massive nose, right? One of the noses being one of the, the guys in the middle. That is what Madhouse did at Kentucky, right? And we don't quite have the personnel to do that here. But it's it seems like we're, we're just caught in the middle of what exactly the LSU defense is, is trying to accomplish. See, here's the problem happens, I have with that, though. Remember yeah, when yeah. Aranda tried to do that when he first came in here? Remember, that's the first thing he tried to implement in 16, right, was his defense. Yeah. Well, then it was Orgeron. If you remember, I remember this vividly. It was Orgeron that went to Aranda and said, listen, buddy, you got to put Arden Key's hand in the dirt. You got to go to a four-man front. And they did. If you remember, he went to more against Lamar Jackson. They went to more of a four-man front defensively because they had that's the personnel that they had right they were putting ed alexander at the nose okay who had no business being a nose tackle okay and key was putting his hand in the dirt like i I, you gotta change defensively okay you can only say screen personnel so much but when you refuse to change why should the players change yeah, you're, I, if you keep banging weird. your head up against the wall, not a goddamn thing's gonna change. Yeah, it's it's weird, Blake. And I, I'll say this before we start talking about Texas A&M. What one thing that really bothers me, right? When we watch other defenses, I, I've watched Georgia's defense very closely. I'm doing a lot of film studies on them on the SEC channel. Just dropped a long one. On the Georgia Tennessee. That's game. what she said. Ed, there you go. I, I knew that was coming. Huh? huh? That's also huh? what she said. That's also. I. I. I there you go. Huh? The, their defense plays so smart. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's amazing. Like how well disciplined those guys are. And what makes that even more impressive was they gave up a seventy-plus yard touchdown to start the game. Right. And gave up no touchdowns after that. And I understand Joe Milton's not a perfect quarterback, but the fact that you shut Hypo down for the rest of that game, and if you watch them really closely, these guys are really – I mean, you could see their heads snapping in, like, mid-play. Okay, this guy went here, my job is this. This guy went here, my job is this. Right. It's third and short. This is what I need to do in coverage. They do a really good job of mixing and matching, and, and all their players know what to do in that situation. One final thing, Blake, that is just simple, and – Look, you and I, obviously your playing career was far more extensive than mine. We can't play at a Division One Power 5 level. No. 99, unless some of the players are watching this now, 99% of you watching this can't do either, okay? But the one thing I would think every single one of you would do if you were given the opportunity to play for LSU football would play at 1,000%, okay? One, th- this is all I ask. If there is anyone with LSU football watching this, set it on my show. I'll say it on your show as well. If there is a pile of players and the running back is not down yet. Go light is, his ass up. Yes, it is imperative that you fly in there mm-hmm. and not let the pile keep moving forward. Right. It is simple physics. If, if, an all, if a running back is stood up and – two other offensive linemen run behind there and start pushing him, guess what's going to happen, Blake? They're going to start going this way, okay? You see that simple physics. You need to get your butt in there and start pushing it this way, back the other way. There are so many times where I've seen the LSU defense just let the pile keep moving forward. No! Get your head in there and cause some kind of friction, all right? I, I'm not a master physicist. I'm not Albert Einstein, but force equals mass time acceleration. We need more mass to be accelerated back this way. And it it drove me crazy that you kept seeing that versus Georgia State where the, the pile would keep getting moved forward. All right. Hold on. Because they have a debate in the in the chat about Brandon Taylor. Well, I'll just say it. Brandon Taylor's not going to be the next safeties coach at LSU. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Carl, let's, let's talk a little bit of A&M here. Um, listen, 
basically all week I'll talk about LSU offense versus A&M's defense because I know that Jalen Henderson from A&M is a new QB and they have been really bad at times, me and A&M, running the football on offense. They're 84th in the country at rushing offense. And I, I, I don't think that you, you're going to stop them. I think Evan Stewart can light you up. The thing that scares me the most is what it's always scared me the most, though, they have the best front seven in the country. They're better than Georgia. They're better than Ohio State. They're better than Michigan. They're second in the country in sacks. Nolan, uh, uh, Walter Nolan, Diggs, Edrin Cooper, a kid that Orgeron thought couldn't play here, who you should, who, that should be on this team. Shamar Turner, McKinley Jackson, two dudes in the interior. Carter, between the both of them, they have 11 and a half sacks in the interior. And something that I've complained about since 2019, you do not have the interior defensive lineman here that is worth a damn sometimes. Okay. That front seven is nasty. It's the best defense that we've seen all year, but it's the best offense that A&M's seen all year by a long shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you, you go back to the Miami game. Miami had a lot of success, and that was a road game for Texas A&M. Ole Miss had a lot of success. They put up 30-plus points. Also a road game for A&M. Right. That's been the big issue with Jimbo at A&M. His, his road teams have just no-showed so many times. But this ain't um, Jimbo. Exactly. So this isn't Jimbo Fisher anymore. And the biggest concern for me is the LSU offensive line, right? This is a very good LSU offensive line. This is probably one of the top three LSU offensive lines of the modern era. They're really good. Really, really, really good. The only games where you can say they struggled was against Florida State and Alabama. What do those two teams have in common that all the other teams don't? They have a lot of dudes up front. Mm -hmm. They just do. And, mm -hmm. and they were all healthy. Okay. Why I'm more optimistic about the LSU offensive line is that they're at home. It has just been a big And they were on the road in those other two games. Exactly. Right. And they – since the Alabama game have played so good. Florida was just utter domination. Georgia State, as expected, utter domination. And I I, I just don't see that stopping. I understand Texas A&M. They're going to get a few rushes mixed in there. But I, I've seen Conrad. I've seen a few other people in here commenting. They're just telling the truth. And Jaden is just playing too well right now. I just think it is going to be near impossible for them to stop. Obviously, a and M secondary has been an issue despite some of the talent that they have back there, some of the talent that I'm very interested in and potentially coming to LSU. Um, it, it's not just Jaden, it's Malik and BTJ playing at a high level. And look, Malik and BTJ are playing for a lot right now. A lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. All American status, obviously for Malik, uh, the Bolitnikoff award, but also draft position. This is, and might, this could be their last college football game. Okay. And I know, I right. know people don't like to talk about the opt outs and stuff like that. This probably is. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just understanding what skill positions the players have done in the past. Right. Um, well, I, so enjoy you it. Go down a whole gonna, rabbit hole, but they don't need to play. Yeah. Yeah. But then, and obviously, uh, we can get into a debate about if it's actually good for LSU to, to see if they have some other receivers that could step in and be that dude, right? I, I think they uh, I think they would need to make a conscious decision on that. That's something that we can talk about at a later time. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to leave your legacy on a program, playing that bowl game. Bryce Young and those dudes played last year. They did. Yeah. Right? All um, right, but but either way, okay. Continue. They should kill it. They should BT. I think BTJ and Malik will. Yeah, I think they're going to throw it all over them. But the problem yeah. is they're going to have to throw it quick. I don't expect Jaden to take a lot of deep shots early. Yeah, I I think I think that's what they're going to do. They're yeah. not going to let them get explosives and see if their defensive line can win one on ones. But well, Carter, yeah, this is another think, game too that I don't I I don't really trust a lot of what you what you can do in the run game. And that's the most impressive thing about Jaden, man. It's is he, and by run game, I mean I'm talking you. Yeah, you understand? I'm talking about inside inside zone. You know, like outside zone. I'm not talking about 
pull. I, I'm I'm talking about typical handoff inside zone. Yeah. So that that's going to be very hard to do versus what they have. Um, and and something else, you get into the motivation factor here. LSU is going to be so much more motivated than Texas A&M being at home also. But Texas A&M went into that game last year. That was a buzzsaw for LSU because that was their final game. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about the final game with your band of brothers. That was A&M's final, final game. They had the Connor Wigman thing going on. So they had the quarterback and he didn't opt out and played in that final game, which burned his red shirt. There was a lot of positive things going for Texas A&M. Right now, they're at seven wins. A jump from seven to eight wins really doesn't do anything for your bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So it's I, – I think you could see an A&M team that, that comes in and just mails it in. I, I really could, even though there are a lot of Louisiana players on that team. Well, you just can't – look, you just can't afford to take them lightly because the one thing yeah, they yeah. would love to do, all right, is they would love to come in here and, and, and upset you. And – you know, look, Elijah Robinson is a guy that's going to be highly sought after. I think he's going to get some of those guys to play for him. I, I, I do think this comes down to, man, can you finally make a stand on defense? Look, Brian Kelly's with the team during practice. During, during, during practice, he's with the defense the entire time. He, there's not a goddamn thing he's going to say to Mike Denbrock, Joe Sloan, Cortez Hankton, Jaden Daniels. Now, he might tell Jaden this and this and this and this. I mean, I, I'm cool with that, okay? Like, I'm not saying that. But he ain't got no business being over there. None. So, yeah. the bottom line for me becomes, if you take this team lightly, I get that they're 7-4, and four, then you're an idiot. Now, I'm also old enough to remember that Miami did exactly what they needed to do. Look, they couldn't run the football. Miami could not run the football. I think they had 50 yards on them on that defensive line. Now, Tyler Van Dyke had the best day of his career because its secondary is below average or subpar, but I, that, that doesn't bother me. Like that, uh, And, it, you know, Malik and BTJ and Kyron Lacey, they're going to go off. I, I'm, I know that they are. It just comes down to, man, if you can make just one damn stop, one oh, good know. stop and give yourself good field position. That's it. One one stop. That, that that that's that's honestly it. And look, Texas A&M's offense. We'll we'll see what they can do um, with Moss and those guys. What did you think? Uh, have you seen one, the Jalen Henderson kid play yet? What have you thought of him? Their new the third. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really watched. Kick and other scoot. Than, Kick and move. Right. The one guy that concerns the hell out of me Evan is Moose, Mah- Moose Muhammad. But okay? see, here's the thing about Moose. I think Moose has like 25 catches on the year. Yes. They don't target him a lot. Well, no, it's because Jimbo hated him. Why? Jim- Wasn't it like the sleeve thing? Remember it when he, sleeves. he took Jimbo. him out of the game because didn't play him because he was wearing sleeves? Sleeves. It was a sleeve thing. Jimbo had a no sleeve policy for his um, his receivers, and that was that was it. And that pissed Jimbo off, and he's always been in the doghouse. And last week, Moose came out with the baggiest. I saw sleeve. that. That was the funniest thing. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I mean, he he was wearing a North Face jacket, Patagonia's jacket under his 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 pads. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that dude went insane on us last season. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, for, for him, uh, he, he had an absolutely incredible catch last week. That's pretty much the only highlight I've seen. I'm not really dove deep in any Texas A&M stuff from, from, from last week. I I hope Kyron Lacey has a big game so he can exercise those demons from, from last year. So, well, and look, he's an, he's a guy that you, you kind of want to come back. Yeah, I mean he he would be. Dude, your, he's been your, so freaking good the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, and he's a team he's a team guy, man. He doesn't whine about targets. He goes out there, blocks his ass off. Dude, um, he manhandled. Who who would be a? You know what I feel? Who I feel like he's like? Yeah, let's hear it. I, this is gonna sound so stupid, but I'm and I'm just talking about blocking. I'm not talking about like as a receiver. 
That man has like a Hans Ward, Larry Fitzgerald Hans mindset. Ward. I knew you were going to Hans Ward. Damn. So that my man, if you're not paying attention, Kyron Lacey will light your ass up. No pause. He, he I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, he would be uh, an elite DB, right? Uh, he, he is. He catches so, too well. He's too much of a diva. <laughs> right, right. He, he's, he's, he's starting. He's starting. To, he's starting to catch. So you can't make the. Yeah, he can't. can't he can't. Yeah, he's catching. Yeah, he, I made that joke on here before, but I won't do it again because he's starting to actually bring it in. But uh-huh. he is one of the most physical wide receivers. And he plays every down like it's his last man. So he's honestly, he reminds me so much of Dwayne Bow if I, if from an LSU comp. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's. Remember, Dwayne had serious drop problems. I, I, I saw Dwayne before uh, the, the, the Florida game. And when I tell you this man had ice, bro, his, 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 I mean, ice he game, did get uh, like, what was it? The first guaranteed contract ever. He got twenty million dollars guaranteed, dude. Money bow, man. He, he's a, he's a rap star. Couldn't see worth a damn. Couldn't see. Was catching balls by the grace of Christ Almighty. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> undervalued. I lo- I love I, one thing, and it is ironic because the Chiefs are playing now. I love how open he is about throwing strays Matt Castle's way. He's like. He always he always makes like a sub like a sub tweet like dang I wish I could have played for Patrick Mahomes I'm like dang Matt Castle's like well I wasn't bad <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't. Matt Castle was pretty bad bro Matt Castle was not bad for NFL standards he was he was he was he was solid I mean he wasn't he wasn't exceptional he was he was solid man he, he wasn't bad chat back me up on this we we're not gonna have Matt All right, Castle you ready for this here. you ready for this yeah. Matt Castle, okay, the best season that he ever had was he threw for 3,000 yards. Actually, yeah, 3,116 yards, 27 touchdowns. Okay, is that that bad? I mean, mean, it ain't great. He played 17 games. He's not bad. He played Matt 17 Castle. games. He got the 3,000 yards. Yes, and he was 11 and 5 under no, Belichick. were they? He, he went 11 and 5 with Belichick. And uh that year that he threw through 3,000 yards, okay, I'll give it to you. They went 10 and 5. Okay. Matt Castle did not stink though. Like he wasn't bad. He was a good NFL starter. Okay. Matt Castle with his it. first like, year at Kansas City he had 16 touchdowns and 16 picks. Yeah, once again, I'm not going to say he's bad. What what's bad is Tim Boyle is starting for the Jets, <laughs> and he has a career hey. touchdown to interception ratio that's like one to seven or something like that. So don't clown um, don't clown the Boyle. I, well, look, he's he's starting in the NFL, and he's never been good at any level. Um, but, but, but there you go. No quarterback is as worse as, uh, Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Yeah. And believe, Nestor. believe it or not, didn't Matt Canada beat Clemson with Nathan Peterman? The worst, co- the worst quarterback that we've seen in the NFL, arguably with the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah. Canada, dude, they, NFL Twitter destroys Matt Canada. Destroys him. And and I'll always defend him for his 2017 season. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. Uh, well, Orgeron was, was very micromanaging. Yeah, I mean, you you look at that 2017 season. Canada wasn't terrible, but Orgeron threw him through a d- damn bench. Yeah, he there there has never been a head coach and offensive coordinator that was a worse fit than those two. Though, I there are few instances of a head coach hating a coordinator more than those two disliking each other. And to, to tie back in with this current team, that's why, you know, Brian Kelly and, and Mike Dimbrock have worked so well together. You know, they like right. being around each other. Sometimes you can hire someone that's too close of a friend. Obviously that's less miles than Cam Cameron and it'd be a disaster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mike Dimbrock and Brian Kelly are the perfect storm. They left each other. 
um and they're back together and they've reached new heights that they never thought they'd reached before and and that's where we are let me ask you a question off the beaten path and i'll get you out of here yeah is mike denbrock the best offensive coordinator we've ever seen at lsu no that that's still that's still got to be insminger uh, for me but he's definitely up there right i mean what mike has done is, is really 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 impressive I think one thing that Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock did a really good job of this offseason was being publicly honest about Jaden Daniels, okay? It's the deep ball. That's all Jaden was missing from his arsenal, right? Yes, the intermediate middle was also a a point of the field where Jaden would never throw it, but throwing the ball deep helps out with that, right? The deep explosive plays is what made Jaden Daniels one of the most unstoppable forces we've ever seen in college football history. Yeah. And the fact that those three, all three of them, Jaden, Mike, and and Brian, in almost every interview they did this offseason said, we got to get better at the deep ball. Got to get better at the deep ball. Got to get better at the deep ball. We're working on pushing the football down the field, being explosive. That is being that publicly honest with yourself and understanding your weakness instead of saying, Oh, okay, we can sit. We won the sec West last year. We're good. The fact that they did not settle for just mediocrity. Right. Yeah. Which is what the LSU offense was last year and said, hell, let's push it down the field. Let's take advantage of Malik and BTJ. Those, that symbiosis of those three is, is definitely there, and Joe Sloan deserves a lot of credit for that as well. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, man. Uh, my, my mother-in-law, Alice Joe. Uh, that's a good mother-in-law name, too, Alice Joe. Alice Joe uh, is a good – that's a good Arkansas uh, one, too. Uh, she, she had a little so, shoulder procedure today, so I was a little sad because she's not going to be able to make is, is Alice Joe going to be able to uh, cook on Thursday? Yeah, she. Can't. so she oh man you got to push back you got to push back that surgery mother-in-law I I I, I I i i i was like this has got to change so she passed her cheesy carrot recipe to my wife cheesy carrot cheesy carrots it's like this has anyone ever i i didn't even know this existed what um, the hell is a cheesy carrot it's, it's like a cheesy carrot it's like a casserole right and she murders it every freaking year. So what in the world? It's, it's world class. So my wife is is has been tasked with the cheesy carrot recipe. Oh, oh. dude, dude, it's. I was like, I was like, baby, you got to get this, got to get this right, because I'm not a huge fan of Thanksgiving food in and of itself. You don't like cornbread dressing? It's just not my favorite thing. It's, it, I'm just not really a big thing. What? That. Marvelous, marvelous, Riyadh. First off, I love this name. Cheesy carrot is nasty work. It's it's a cast. Marvelous, it is marvelous. Okay, okay. First off, cornbread dressing with a little gravy is what you get. What you get served when you walk through the pearly gates. Yeah. Well, no. That I don't. Yes. Yes, it is with a piece of fried turkey. Oh, okay. That is Matt Castle level dish. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, it's this it's, man it's just good. compared cornbread casserole to uh, Matt Castle. Uh, 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 Are you? No. Have you lost your godforsaken mind? I my my favorite Thanksgiving was when my aunt made gumbo, and that was oh that was yeah, just, Megan's family makes gumbo every year. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, there you go. That's that's. And you know what the old white ladies do? Can I tell you what what the old white ladies do? Let's hear it. They put potato salad in the damn gumbo. They put instead of rice, they put in potato salad. Then they put the gumbo in there. Oh, dude, that they, that's a Coach O stuff. I don't like it. You can't. You can't do. That. I mean, you you know my wife. I mean, the man. They, they from the Bayou. Oh God. Born on the Bayou. You. <laughs> All right, so uh, Carter Bryant, good to have you here. Um, I'm watching this women's basketball game. Angel Reese is still in playing. Yeah. Uh, or is that her right there? Did she just come out of halftime? No, that's oh, Anisha Morrow. All right. 
See you. Right. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. See you, bud. Happy Eat cornbread dressing. Be a, you ever seen the movie Mulan? Hell. You okay. have you Mulan? seen? The yeah, of course. Okay, you remember the 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 the, the uh, song they sang? Be a man. Eat some cornbread dressing. I, lo- I love it, man. I will All see right. you, man. See you, buddy. All right, it's Carter, the power of Bryant. Good man. Very, very good man. Connor says that's how you're supposed to eat it. I'm mean, going to guess he's talking about the uh, the potato salad with the gumbo. Yeah, it's good, man. I will admit it is really, 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 really stinking good with that. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.